Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and unlearning the programming within us. Let's uncover your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. Akashic Records Quickly is an energetic space that holds your soul's history. Everything about you, every detail over all of your lives has been stored in this place. It's a healing modality. It it helps you unblock whatever it is that's keeping you from moving forward. Anybody that's had an intuitive knowing is already, in my opinion, participated in the record. So I want to debunk this idea that it's like spiritual elitism. I had learned in the records that I could become an Akashic Record reader. I'm not a mystic. This doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) opening myself to this new modality. I was changing my entire view of the world, spirituality, my place in it. It just weren't like an object that I could put in the world that I could say like I did that, right? My ego wasn't feeling as satisfied because we're so outcome oriented. It's so important as people who are trying to grow and evolve that we're patient during these phases where there's a lot happening. It's just not as apparent to the eye, right? Like if you're focusing on that being the value of what you're doing is just getting to that end point, you're going to spend a lot of time frustrated. This is what we're taught. Go get shit done. Have your goals. Chart the course to get there. For me, I like to to use the term like have an aim. Go in a direction versus a single endpoint. The way the information lands is so fascinating. You just know. It's not a psychic reading. Don't ask me like, in six months, will I get this job? I don't know. You have free will. What I can tell you is what's for your highest good. To move forward, to heal, what's um, blocking, if it's a past life, if it's a childhood trauma, where's stuff getting stuck? So if everything is stored over all of your lifetimes, what do you need today? Yeah, so today we have my longtime friend, Laura Coe from Chicago, who, as it turns out, was the second podcast I ever recorded. And it was, as I was telling you, it was two and a half years ago. Uh, it wasn't the second one I released, but it was, it was when I got my start. And I remember not being sure if I wanted to release that one or the other one that was my first podcast because I felt like, oh... I didn't know what I was doing. And I I think I told you about it. I had so much tension around. (laughs) I don't want to sound like an idiot. And then when I listened to it, it was like, oh yeah, we were just having a conversation and it was fun and it was great. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. So thank you for that, for being one of the first. And we'll, we'll circle back on some of the stuff we talked about there just to land it for people who maybe haven't listened to that episode because it was 80 episodes ago. But I'd love for you to to share a little bit about, um, yeah, how we came back together after, after all these years because we met in the late 90s in Chicago and had a, a great group of friends that, that we were tight with. And then everyone kind of went their separate ways. People moved, other things happened. And then it was many, many years before you and I reconnected. So I'd love for you to just kind of share that with everyone. Because it's such a special story. I mean, um, I was going through it again, right? I, for people who haven't listened to the other episode, I am somebody who has been a seeker trying to go deeper into my own life, figure out who I am, what matters to me and keep sort of evolving, I guess, right? 
And I had a podcast on authenticity. I was a coach, felt good writing this book. I was like, okay, this is it. And then it wasn't again, right? I had done what I wanted to do. I had said what I wanted to say. And I was like, oh God, this chapter is closing. <laughs> and I don't know what to do. I don't want to like reinvent again. But I, at least this time, had been through it and I knew to just trust the process. Um, so I was in that, it was in the throes of it. I had discovered the Akashic Records. Um, I was playing with them. I was journaling in them and I was really frustrated. And do you want to just give people a little context for Akashic Records? I mean, I've spoken about it a few times on the podcast, but I think it's very foreign for most people. Yeah, of course. Um, almost everybody. It's really interesting because it's such an ancient system and yet so few people, including myself, know about it. Um, the Akashic Records quickly is an energetic space that holds your soul's history. So I'd like to think of it as like a cell phone, right? You um, go back a hundred years, you drop cell phones off with people they would think you're crazy. Like what is this little black box that you can dial numbers into and actually talk to people? But if you were to drop them off a couple of hundred years ago, you'd be like, just trust me. <laughs> this works. Um, the Akashic records, I read some sentences. These sentences unlock your soul's history. I use the same sentences, but I put your name in just like the cell phone. You switch out the phone number. I switch out the name and it opens up your um, energetic soul's history. Um, everything about you, every detail over all of your lives has been stored in this place. Um, so that's the Akashic realm and the Akashic record reader. I read some sentences. There's other ways in, but that's essentially what it is and how it works. And it's a healing modality. It, it helps you unblock whatever it is that's keeping you from moving forward. And we all have that feeling like I can't quite put my finger on something in my life that is stuck or um, grappling with, or this relationship that I'm cycling the same issues, the same dynamics or my purpose. I like, no, I have one, but I can't quite figure out what it is. That kind of stuff is great for the Akashic realm. It's like um, a guru meets a whole team of therapists and all of your best friends. And they say, what does Cal need to hear today with no judgment, no right or wrong and tons of compassion? Mm. <laughs> like you kind of get that. Yeah. Like, yeah and it's, uh, I, I love, and we'll, we'll get to this later on, but how it's so much different than, than just coaching. And I love the practice uh, of how when we would go, and again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, how you would have me, before I would read your records, give you advice on, you know, coaching advice on what you were about to um, ask the records. And so I would give my best, you know, pass at it. It would feel pretty good about like, you know, the advice I was giving. And then we would go into your records and I would drop into your records and it was so different. And it just gets out of, you know, I always like to think of it as getting out of your head and just all the different kind of permutations of, of what you can come up with when you're trying to rationalize things. And it is, it's just so simple. Um, I don't know if intuitive is the right word. There is some, I, I best, uh, I'm guessing an intuitive piece to it, but it's just that soul's like, this is the way. Yeah. I, I mean, anybody who's ever been in an intuitive moment, creative flow, something just came to you, right? Like if you've ever had that, you're in the records, call it the record, right? Like 
what are we talking about when something comes to me or I have an intuition or I have a gut feeling, right? We say these things, but what, what are we accessing? Cause it's not my mind. It's like something just came, like it just blew through me. And I just knew, I knew it was right. Oh, it's time to have another kid. Oh, it's time to change jobs. Oh, just figure out what I was stuck on. Just, it just happens. And so the Akashic realm feels like that except somebody else is offering it to you with a ton of language so that you get um, so much clarity and you feel the sense of like, oh my God, I can move forward. (laughs) People cry when I do readings with cathartic release, you know, and just relief, uh, things that have troubled them for for decades, um, lifetimes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was in your records once and, and we were talking about some relationship stuff for you that I remember I got super emotional because I felt the, what was going on with you and your partner in that moment. And it was super intense, like totally felt that I was embodying it. Yeah. That's what's so cool is, um, you were talking about it before when we give advice or as a coach or friends, check inside of ourselves, we check our brains for ways in which we can relate or information we have to share. And then we kind of have a gut instinct a little bit. Like, I think my friend could probably do this versus that. The Akashic Records is not that. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you really are tapping into some energetic place because um, I know myself, I just, that's not how I would speak. It's not how I would offer advice. And it comes to your point in a feeling. Uh, I get overwhelmed by somebody's grief or emotion anxiety or fear. I can tell where it is in the body and I can tell why it got there. Like was the father, the mother, the, a past life. Um, what was the moment? I can tell the brain loops that are happening. I can hear those cycles of thought. Uh, and then you get visuals, you get these incredible metaphors. Um, and then it's auditory. You just start listening and it's like somebody I don't know how to say it really, but it's like um, information starts flowing through me where I'm sort of in a, in a medit- I'm in a deep meditation and I can just keep talking, 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 talking. And it just, it's just flying out of me. And I don't even know what I'm saying. And I can't remember. It's like a dream. I forget about 80% of it yeah. <laughs> by the hour end. And people are like, oh my God, that thing you said. And, and I have to th- like remember what I just said because it's a stream of consciousness. Yeah. You get out of the way. It's, it's so, yeah. so beautiful, but I, I, I got ahead of us. Okay. okay. Let's go back. So you reached out to me after it was, I don't know, 15, 16, 18 years before we had really talked and you reached out for, with something in mind. Yeah. So we were friends in our twenties. It was such a great time in Chicago. We were meeting up with this little pod and we'd go out and party and just have so much fun and stay out way too late. And just, it was just a beautiful time of life, right? Like those mid twenties and we didn't talk for a couple decades. And so here I was, I had just learned the Akashic realm, grappling with it. I had learned in the records that I could become an Akashic record reader. I was like, oh, I'm not a mystic. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> Yes. I'm a philosophy undergrad, graduate student. I've been an entrepreneur. Like, I don't know. I don't think of myself as tapped into something, right? But the records had been so accurate about so many things. And when I got a reading saying I could try it, I was like, fine. They, you know, not, everything so far has worked. So let me give this a shot. So I was, I was journaling every day and it was frustrating. Um, and I saw you and you were doing that competitive sports team. And it looked to me from Facebook uh, that you were living the dream. You were doing what you 
uh, felt passionate about. And I was looking again to restart like, okay, what is it that um, I can go out in the world and do and I feel passionate about? Cal looks like he's got it going. Let me maybe see if I get a little juju from Cal. (laughs) So I reached out. I don't know. It was like spontaneous and it was in a moment. And we had this beautiful uh, conversation. Um, You right away responded that you wanted to talk. We got on a call. Um, You're sharing our our relationships and kids and just catching up on all those years. And then I started to share everything and you were listening. I mean, I don't know, you were interested, but when I said the Akashic records and I can do this, you stopped and you said, oh my God, you can do that. That's a gift. I'd be doing that night and day. And I was like, huh. <laughs> yeah. Cause you were like, here I am. I feel like I'm basically in, in my, my words, just dicking around all day in the records, like not getting anything done. And reading for this person and thinking about this. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You're like, that's some supernatural shit right there. I I would totally be doing that. Like, go please for all of us. Yeah. And it was like, I remember thinking, God, did I just reach back in time to just hear that one sentence, right? Like from somebody in my soul group who just, it's like, you literally dropped this truth on me. And it was one of those things I got off the phone and while it was great to catch up, I just went, shit, he's right. <laughs> so I started, started journaling every day, all the time. Like it was exactly the message. I mean, it was interesting because the message I wanted to hear was, yes, Laura, like go start a business and here's the passion play and you're going to go get it. And instead you're like, sit and journal, practice what you're doing. And I was like, oh, right. But it just gave me the, the, the energy to do it. So I'm very grateful for that. Oh yeah, no, it's, uh, I do love the, the idea that you came in for affirmation of, yeah, like you need to get off your ass, like start working again, like create something, go back into that entrepreneurial spirit. And yeah, but you are in that. It's just different. It looks different than what you did before and what is uh, commonly looked at as, you know, building a business, but you're doing it. You're creating and you, you know, we'll get into all the different ways that you're expanding you know, your offerings really at the heart of it is this Akashic record reading, uh, ability, which is so cool. Yeah. And you know, Kel, it's like, I don't know how many times I have to go through this or coach other people, but until you can see the fruits of your labor, right. Think of that image of planting the seed, waiting for it to open. And then the green comes up and eventually the flower blooms. Right. And it's like in our lives until we see the flower, we're so frustrated. It's like nothing's happening because we're so outcome oriented. And I was in that phase again where I'm like, oh, right. Like I don't want to be in the planting phase. I don't want to wait and just water the soil. I don't want to see the little bud. I want the damn flower, right? <laughs> like It just feels so much better. But um, yeah, it's, it's so important as people who are trying to grow and evolve that we're patient during these phases where there's a lot happening. It's just not as apparent to the eye, right? Like I was opening myself to this new modality. I was changing my entire view of the world, spirituality, my place in it. All of these things were happening. It just weren't like an object that I could put in the world that I could say, like, I did that, right? My ego wasn't feeling as satisfied, but you know, that's the, that's the thing that I think 
as you're shifting, you've got to just keep you know mindful of because it's it's not ego satisfying, but it's so soul satisfying when you let yourself do that. Yeah, and I think that that's like a, a point that you know I've been working on articulating throughout this podcast is exactly what you're experiencing. And we were talking about it before we got on. You just said, "I, I this is just so fun, and it's the journey." And in the, I'm loving the process and where, where I've also, you know, kind of been at for the last year or so is just loving the process and letting go of what the outcome is. And because we both know when the outcome happens, when that flower blooms, then it's kind of over. Like there's a moment of like, holy shit, it happened. And now what? And then it's like, okay, well, what's the next thing? Just like you felt like when you sold your company, you're like, okay, that chapter's closed. Now I've got to go plant another seed and go through this whole process where, again, it's, it's based on an outcome versus what do I feel like doing right now? And I feel like you're just living this life that is what's fun for me right now. And I'll do that without worrying about what's going to happen on the other side, what's around the corner. It'll just be what it needs to be, but you're enjoying, and I would argue like every day of your life because you're following this path. Yeah. I've um, had a very difficult relationship with the world word unfolding. I, I don't mm. like it very much. Um, I like to uh, know that there's a sense of where I'm going is something I can really visualize, see. And then I can strive towards, right? Um, and I think we're taught that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really addictive. And there's a certainty, right? If I if I have the eye on the prize kind of thinking, there's a certainty like, okay, how how do I just like chart the waters to get to that, yeah. that yes. island, that outcome, right? Whatever you want to call it. And I've been trying so hard to let go of that because the more I let go, the more magic happens. The more magic happens in my life, the more magic happens on an hourly basis, on an, 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 an energetic level within myself. Um, my days take on this expansiveness. I feel more in the, in the moment. I feel more alive and at peace. And then my mind wants to, oh, you know, but where are we going? What's this? What's going to look like? How, you know, and it's like, no, it's, it's already happening. My life is today. And I'm, so I'm working really, really hard at that. It's, it's, it's difficult, right? Um, but it's such a more beautiful way to live your life if you can relax into today, right? Because I have, I've done enough things in my life where I already know the flower blooms, what happens, the petals die off and you got to plant another fucking seed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what's the rush, right? Because it's, you know, then there's the winter phase where you have to rethink again. So if you're focusing on that being the, the, the value of what you're doing is just getting to that end point, you're going to spend a lot of time frustrated. Whereas every day can be for the beautiful, you know, just watch, watch, watch where the flower is today. Yeah. And just to be being alive in that moment. And I know that in my experience, when I've been very goal oriented and focused. It's not that you don't, you just stop doing things. You know, sometimes you got to get shit done and you're focused on that. But when our whole life is oriented around that, we just get tunnel vision and, and we miss the magic that's happening around us in every moment. We're not present with what's, what's alive in us. And then it's, I mean, again, this is 
been such a big part of what I've tried to share here with the unlearning of this. This is what we're taught. Go get shit done. Have your goals. Chart the course to get there. And, and if we can just, you know, for me, I like to, to use the term, like have an aim. Go in a direction versus a single endpoint. When I can, you know, know that I want to create something in this space and then just allow uh, the, the, the universe around me, whatever it is to inform what the course is and take it, you know, as my friend Boyd likes to say, one track at a time and just be patient with that and be in the process. And patience is something that I've really had to learn. And I think Oof. you as well. I hate it. And it's... Hate to patience. <laughs> right. And then when we realize that, again, it's it's... When we do hit that quote unquote outcome that we want, it's, it's just so fleeting. It's over. And when we start to understand that when we look back in our lives, there's so many examples of maybe you're, you know, you're playing on a sports team and you want to, you know, win the championship and you win the championship and you're so excited, but the season's over. It was all about that journey to that game. Wow. I missed all that because I was so concerned about winning the championship. Well, yeah, because if you don't, then the whole thing wasn't worth it is what we're taught, right? So That's right. you can't enjoy the process unless you know the outcome is really, you know, whatever, successful in whatever way you define that, which is endless, right? Um, and if it isn't, then I've wasted my time, right? And, um, and then patience, right? I, I wrote in the Akashic Records about patience and it was a rethink for me, a, an unlearn, a relearn, but it's, um, you know, we think we're ready for things. We're not always. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I say, when I would think about patience, I would think like a little child that's like waiting for their ice cream, like I'm trying to be patient. Just, just give me the thing that I want, the thing that I'm like, I'm, I'm ready. And it's like, okay, like a little kid is ready for an ice cream cone, but like, am I really ready to launch the books? Am I fully there? Is this the time? Like, have I gotten myself to a place where this is the appropriate thing for me yet? Mm. And so the way that it came through the Akashic realm is um, through, through fishing, right? And it's like, you're sitting on the side of the, the shore and you just have the one little fishing pole and a ton of fish come in, you can't even get them home. So you need a boat, you need a whole crew, <laughs> right? Oh. So like, you're not always prepared, even though you want this bounty, right? And so um, this journey I've been on, every step of the way has been essential for my personal growth so that I'm in a place to take on the next step, right? And so I've sort of rethought the idea of patience is it's not like a little child that's um, the universe isn't giving me what I want yet. It's that I'm not really ready often. Oh, that's so, it's such an interesting perspective on that. Right. Like really like taking care of all the things around you, having that foundation so that when the bounty comes in, you can receive it. Yes. All of it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the books. You have three out right now. So, and it's love, self-love and boundaries. So let's talk about, let's, we'll share with us in any way that you'd like, like what that process has been like. I know there are many more books to come. Like how, how is, how has this all felt? Cause it sounds fucking daunting. Oh my God. 
Um, yeah, I mean, so to, I guess to, to continue with our story uh, after we spoke, um, I got really real. I started, uh, journaling and journaling and journaling and journaling. I just was in the records for hundreds of hours. Anybody that would let me read them. I had a friend, she'd come over for you know days and we would just go in the records and ask thousands of questions. And I just was obsessed with how to, uh, what, what this modality was. Uh, there's not great information out there about it. There's not great training. So I was really self-learning and I just kept playing. I just kept going in and um, I knew I could do readings. I knew I could, meaning I could read other people. I, I knew I could journal and open the records for myself. Uh, one day my partner, she's my twin flame. We have a very complicated relationship. People who don't know what twin flames are. The idea is that, uh, we have soulmates. You have many, many, many soulmates that you reincarnate with, but you have one soul. That's your other energetic half. And this is the person who teaches you the most um, because you reflect back each other's, uh, deepest parts to heal. So I've, I'm with my twin flame and, um, we're having yet another complicated phase. Uh, she said something over text. It really irritated me. I was in my records. I was journaling and she wrote no expectation to no strings. It's like, whatever that means. So I'm in my records. I'm like, what's an expectation anyways. And I like, I get an answer and I don't just get an answer. I get like pages of poetic prose with metaphor explaining expectation in a way that I was like, I don't know that. That did not come from me. <sighs> and so I was like, oh, what's love? What, what's self-love? And I started asking all these questions and I'm getting these beautiful answers. So before I was asking about myself, now I'm asking about these topics. And I'm a philosophy undergrad, graduate student. This is like my passion. I mean, I am such a nerd around philosophy. And so I'm like, hell, like these are the greatest answers I've ever heard. This is up there with Plato to me, right? So I spent the next six months um, asking the nature of fill in the blank. I did 13 topics, love, self-love, boundaries, joy, everything and anything I can think of. I did 13 of them. Is there a reason for 13? No, I just got tired. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I'm good. That's enough. So um, I, uh, I was asked that too before. Somebody was like, is 13 a magic number? I'm like, no, not really. It's definitely a magic number. I'm just not sure how it's magic, but... <laughs> Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, I wrote 300 pages in six months and I'd, I'd write about love. I'd read it back and I'd learn from my own writing. And the truth is two things. One is the, the perspective was simple and clean and like, oh my God, it just spoke to my soul and it would transform my view and it would heal me. And then the records is an energy. So the vibration of the words were written in a way that it would just kind of bypass the brain and go right in. And you just felt like this incredible um, ease like you do when you get an Akashic record reading. There's just this sort of release and openness that would, would happen. And so, yeah, that's how I wrote them. And I, I put three out, uh, the other 10 are coming out in a month or two. Um, I just, I, I have a whole nother series I'm ready to write. I just, I love it. Already? <laughs> When, what's the next series going to be on? Oh, shit. <laughs> I started asking about the, the universe, like what's karma? What's soul inception? What's the, the yin to the yang? Cause they think about, they don't have judgment over there. There's no right or wrong. So, uh, darkness to light. Like, what is that? Um, I just, I want to map the, all these 
these spiritual universe questions. Can you share a little bit about maybe something from one of the books that um, maybe gives people an, a, an understanding of how your um, thoughts or your channeling of love or self-love or boundaries is different than what we've been taught? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you've experienced this in the records, but it's metaphor, right? Yeah. And so these metaphors um, disarm you, sort of like puts you in a bit of a dream state. So love is like this river, it's flowing endlessly and you get this vision of this river. And um, this river is the river of love, right? So the idea is that this river that's flowing is now moving through you. It's uh, splashing and, and it's... Uh, uh, starts at the base of your spine and moves up. So it takes you through this beautiful metaphor about um, how we all have this energy moving through us all the time, right? And this is like this idea of love is within us, which I've always wanted to connect to, but I never really could, right? Like I know we're supposed to all have unconditional love. You look at little children, they burst with love, right? But as an adult, it's hard to connect to that feeling. So they use this really beautiful metaphor to help us um, connect into it. And then it switches over to, okay, so if this energy is moving through me and Cal has his energy moving through him, what are we talking about when we talk about love? Because I would say, okay, now Cal, I'm going to release this river of love within me and offer it to you. And then I'd think, well, what have you done with the love that I offered? Did you respect it? Did you appreciate it? Did you receive it? Uh, did you give some back, right? And, and we start to calculate. Mm. So they switch it over to air then and they say, well, do I do that with an inhale and an exhale? Do I exhale and say, hey, Cal, did you inhale my exhale? Because if you didn't inhale the molecules I exhaled, then you don't care about the, the, the air that I just breathed. That's insane, mm. right? So- Love is like air. It's everywhere. It's abundant. It's in this room. It's every listener out there. It's in your room. It's all over the planet. Right. But I don't say it's my love versus, I mean, my air versus your air. It's in my lungs. It's outside of my lungs, but I'm not tracking it. I'm not worrying about where it goes. I'm not calculating. I'm not holding my breath because you didn't inhale my exhale. Mm. Right. But when it comes to love, we do that. I'm not going to love again. You didn't respect my love. You don't take, you don't care about what I offered. So I'm never doing that again. And we shut down this incredible resource within us, right? Because it's what sustains our life is to have this energy moving through us, just like breathing, right? So it makes these connections to these metaphors and you're like, oh shit. Like I would never hold my breath because I didn't think you inhaled my exhale. That's insanity. That I don't even know what that means. I don't want you to do that, quite frankly, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of gross. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> right? yeah. it's kind of weird. Yeah. But if I, if I send love to you and I don't feel like you received it, appreciated it, um, or maybe you send it to me and I don't feel I deserve it, like we put all this, this meaning on it and that's the brain, right? So that's kind of how these books work. It's like they take these metaphors that are really simple, they translate it in a way that you're like, oh, right. I would never be mad at Cal that he didn't inhale my exhale and then my solution is to stop breathing. Yeah. 
right? Because then I'm, I'm killing myself to what make a point to you or something. I don't know. Yeah. And it's such a great example of how you would just never come up with that when talking to someone like talking me through love, you would never give that as a way to um, get in touch with what unconditional love is. Right. And then that idea of air being endless, vast, everywhere, nowhere. That's what love is too. Right. You hear about this concept of, of the endless timeless nature of love. Right. And if you think about air, I can start to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been here. Yeah. And I can't hold it. It's, it's like, it's nowhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. Right. You hear people talk about it in those terms. And I was like, oh, I don't know what everybody's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I heard it that way, I was like, oh, I get it. 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 So we're all interconnected in this loving experience. Mm. Yeah. If we allow it to just flow and not let the mind get them. Okay. So let's. Let's talk a little bit about boundaries because it's something that I would say within the last year have done a much better job with creating boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I have my thoughts about how that's come about. Um, Part of it is just kind of going through my own work and and, uh, understanding that the abundance that, that I create, that I feel like I'm a part of is is I'm deserving of it. And because of that, I've been able to have the boundaries of time and money and resources uh, to be able to say no when I feel like someone is coming to me, uh, trying to access my resources from a place of need and want. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm curious if you could share a little bit about some of this, this learning around boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the next question everybody asks, which is why I released it with the, the loved one. Um, because well, wait a minute, but what about boundaries? I mean, there's bad people out there. Because that's a big one. But boundaries are hard for a lot of people. Yeah. I had to rewrite boundaries. The only one. Because I was like, I don't get it still. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, what are we, what are we saying? Like, what, what is even a boundary? There's no such, I mean, I don't like literally have a, a wall that I put up or something. Right. So what, what are we even talking about? Like I, the whole topic really confused me and um, I, I worked on it really hard and I had to rewrite it eventually. Here's my final, like I got it moment. Um, so Cal, let's say that you are in a predicament and I believe that you need my help. You need help. I've decided, okay. but you don't see yourself that way. So now I come to you and I say, Cal. So it gives the image of you, the way the boundary piece is set up. It's a person in a basement bound to a pole. (laughs) And they're sitting there bound to a pole loosely with their arms behind their back. And there's a beautiful bird out the window and the bird is free to fly, but he chooses to, to sit in the tree. And you're bound to this pole and you're sitting there. And I've decided that you are in fact bound to this pole. And I come and I'm like, hey, I've got this knife. But you don't think you are bound to a pole. You're like, I'm fine. I don't see any problem. And now I come and I keep pushing this knife and no, 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 no. You need to, you need to cut the rope, but you don't see a rope. You're going to think I'm attacking you. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I love the image of the knife too. Cause that definitely sets a different energetic when in the space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so why do I feel a need to help you see this limitation that I believe you have. 
So why is it? No, we, we, we've decided that the, the limit that somebody has, the, the um, limitation in their life is something that we feel we have an obligation to insert ourselves in. And the person says, no, I'm fine. And we still feel a need to push. And we've all been there with people yeah. who are like, oh my God, maybe you do have a problem. Maybe you don't. But I really, I just told you no. So boundaries, why is it so hard? Because we, we could just, I could just say, hey, Cal, I've got this resource for you. You say no to me. Okay. Why isn't it that simple? Why do I have a need to keep pushing my solution into what I perceive to be your problem? And that's the key word. That's what I had to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. How do I know that you have a problem? This is for you to decide. And we have so little context for what someone else is going through. Even ourselves, we, we just don't know all the, you know, kind of the, the complications of why we're in a particular state. But I, 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 that totally resonates. Yeah. Trying to rescue, you know, the rescuer energy. That was something that I struggled with for a while. And I would say have been able to let go of it. And, and the understanding that each of us is on our own journey in this moment. And maybe the lessons that I think you need to learn <laughs> again, like I've really fucking know, but <laughs> maybe you're not meant to learn it in this moment, in this lifetime. It's your journey. I have no idea what's going on. That's right. That's right. So um, taking that metaphor, if I were to now sit in the basement with you, because I've decided you need my knife and every hour on the hour, I keep offering it to you. And you now see me as like this person who's pushing a knife in your direction for no obvious reason. And I'm in a basement. There's a door. I'm not stuck to a pole. Why am I down there? Right. Mm -hmm. That's just crazy. So we, we immerse ourselves in our perception of other people's problems. We sit next to them. We attack them with our solutions. That's a very strange thing to be doing, right? And I sort of looked at that and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then the opposite, you're not in a basement. You're out on that grassy field with the bird enjoying a beautiful day. And somebody comes along and says, I see that you have an issue. <laughs> you're like, no, I'm in fact fine, right? And the solution from the records was just like, pick up your blanket, move to a new grassy section, just move away. because. I am fine. And sometimes people really believe that you have something going on and you don't, and they're blocking in this metaphor, they're standing in a way that it's blocking the sun from your beautiful towel where you've decided to sit out in this grassy field. Um, just move to a new location, right? Again, why does it have to be so intense and serious? You can just say no, thank you and, and move to a new space. But we at least for myself, I would get so hung up that that wasn't an okay answer to just, I'm good. No, thank you. Move away and not think any more of it. So that, that simplicity is what kind of was elusive to me. Yeah. So I'm interested to go a little deeper into this part because I feel like in, in, in my, I guess, part of my interpretation is there are maybe people in your life that are um, stepping in without 
without your kind of inviting them and convoluting what's going on and actually making you question when you are outside in a beautiful sunny day, making you question that in a way that I don't know if counterproductive is the right word, but their, their intentions are different maybe. And is, is the idea that like remove those people from your life? Cause that's how I'm interpreting it. Yeah. I mean, the only person that's here to deal or with your own limitations and ask for help is you. So if you find yourself, I mean, the end answer was if you find yourself bound to a pole and you see that your friend has a knife, take it. <laughs> I mean, simple. Yeah. And if you're not, and you feel you're on the grassy field, move yourself to a new location. And it's not for anybody else to judge. And certainly it's not for the person who believes they have the knife or feels that they should stand in the sun uh, over where you're comfortable to judge that. Right. And, and we get so stuck there, but it's pretty simple. If you think about it that way, I don't know. I can come to you at any point in time and say, Hey, Cal, I believe I have a sense that this is going on with you. And if you tell me no, why do I need more information? Right. It's my ego. It's my agenda. It's not my life. I have no reason to keep pushing. Um, And it's the opposite. If you come to me and say that, hey, Laura, like I see these four things going on, you know, I've decided to to say that this is what I I, thank you, but I don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. Why are we still talking? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, I've had this experience and it's, 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 I think it's similar to this, but we're just been super intentional about who I'm inviting into my life and who I'm, who I'm not. And and anybody listening right now, if I haven't seen you for a while, it doesn't mean you're one of those ones I'm pushing out. Um, But, you know, I've started to understand the importance of, again, I mentioned it earlier, surrounding myself with people who don't need anything from me and I don't need anything from them. And when I'm sensing that from someone, like there's an angle, there's a leverage point that they're, they're, there's something they need from me or they think they need from me, it just becomes so clear to me um, that that's a no. And um, I hadn't been able to do that before. And I think was, was, you know, I don't know if taking advantage of is the right word, but I was, I was prone to, um, yeah, I guess being taken advantage of because I couldn't see the signs or maybe I could, and I didn't know how to make sense of it. And I didn't have the boundaries, so I didn't know how to say no. And it all kind of, it all kind of works together in the, the idea of, of that this is my life. I get to choose who I spend my time with. And the more I've spent time with those who are seems so purely to be there for the connection and nothing else. Yeah. It's become very clear who those people are. Right. Cal. Cause why don't we just keep it simple? There's guilt, obligation and resentments, frustrations. Then should we talk it out? Like there's so many layers <laughs> that we add to it. Right? Talking out pieces rough sometimes. Oh, rough. And it's um, unproductive. It creates all this 
this um, hurt on both ends. And so why am I guilty? I don't know. Why, why am I going to do something and then have resentment? Why am I doing that? I mean, that's just super weird. So the, the records would really suggest that you stay true to yourself, but then you do it with love, right? Can you get rid of the guilt, the obligation, the resentment, the judgment, the anger, all of those things? Say no, say yes, but do it with love, but love from a distance, right? I'll, I like, I, I can now finally say at 50, I can fully feel like this person isn't in my life right now. And I have nothing but love in my heart for them though. Like it's totally fine that we're not aligned hundred percent. It doesn't need to be. I believe we're here learning lessons. I think all of life is about soul evolution and lessons now. And so my lesson and your lesson may not align call it algebra and science, right? We're just in different classrooms right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so go do you, go be where you need to be and I'll be where I need to be. Maybe we meet later, right? You and I took a couple decades. Maybe we'll do that again. I don't know. Why do I need to feel all sorts of weird feelings about it? Just why can't I just wish you well wherever you are in your journey? Yeah, I, I love that part because and the reason I think that one of the reasons why is because we're worried about what they're thinking, right? As you said, there are people that maybe I haven't spent a lot of time with lately that I have nothing but love for, but I'm just not drawn to get together and hang out or go to dinner or whatever. And it's not like I'm repelled by them, but we have this limited resource of time and how we choose to spend it is so important. But that's one of the things I've struggled with is Believe me, I'm much better than I used to be, but it's the perception that um, how they're receiving it, which is a huge assumption on my part, right? It's, it's guilt, right? It's yeah. guilt. Yeah, I know. I really struggle with this stuff. It's it's plagued me my whole life. Um, worrying, right? It's all assumptions. I crawl it. <laughs> I heard Brene Brown talking on this thing and she said, the story I'm telling myself is, and I'm so stealing it. Like, I tell myself a story. I decide this person is having this experience of me. I tell an entire story of myself. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. None. And how often do you then talk to them and they're like, yeah, my mom's been really sick and in Fuck hospice. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm such an asshole. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you know, it's like, I have no idea what's going on with them. And why do I put myself in the center of their storyline? Maybe they're not even thinking that. Oh, that's about the me. other part. Yeah. <sighs> like, like, <laughs> oh my God. Like I'm that important. I just had that image of like, oh my God, that is so, I don't think it's necessarily narcissistic, but it's not where is it? No, it is I don't know. It has I'm, a hint I'm, of it. it. It's pretty self-involved to think that everybody's worrying about me. This. <laughs> it's so true. Right? So what if everybody's doing exactly what they need to be doing, even if they're harming themselves, even if they're taking actions that are just, you know, I mean, years and years in the records now of seeing non-judgment, right? And no right or wrong. It's really helped me. I mean, my God, I, I hear these stories through there where I'm like, oh, that's not the best, but there's no judgment. There's no right or wrong. People are where they are exactly the way it needs to be for them to learn what they need to learn. And so who am I to say that's not the right, the ripe environment for your soul growth, right? I don't know. I don't know. Right. 
Yeah, I'm just trying to get out of the way now. We, yeah, and we know through our own experience that those challenging periods, are, that is where the growth is. And so when someone's going through that, unless they seek you know, counsel from us, it's, it's, it is important to stay back and let them process you know, whatever they're going through. Yeah, or, or maybe they're going through a time of abundance but they need to share it with somebody but you. It's not personal always, right? They can still have a ton of love for you. I know it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. You want to, it's like high school, grammar school. You just want to feel included in the group, right? And not excluded. And there's this really weird kind of called from the herd feelings that we, I think we just struggle with as humans, um, that primal need to feel part of everything. But it, I think it does become narcissistic, right? Yeah, that does definitely seem true yeah yeah let's talk about the little soul school yes my new little project um the little soul school um i wrote the books and i don't know i was still curious you know and i started a little group of people i'd go in the records as a community we'd ask questions and i recorded it and like what kinds of questions Oh my God. Like, why do we need to be right in an argument? Oof. Oof. But a lot of us could fucking <laughs> really love to hear the answer to that. I was like, oh, raising my hand for that one. That's true. Right. Um, why is judgment so hard? What, um, how can you heal a relationship? Anything, anything you can think of. It's a Google search up there. Right? Uh, I just, anything you can think to ask, you get beautiful wisdom. So we were doing it and I was recording it and I was like, wow, people could really benefit from this. Um, I wrote the books by asking questions and I'd ask a series of questions. I removed the questions and I made it into this poetic prose and, and it's one small little book, but I did the same thing on video. And I think some people may not want to read, they may just want to listen. So it's a, it's a library of um, Akashic wisdom um, from you know, purpose to love to whatever, right? There's so many of them. And so I want to build out this, this, um, repertoire. I mean, it's the, the unlearn your show, right? Like I, it, it's each of these topics. I keep realizing how, uh, I'm not in right relation to them. I, I don't understand them. And when I go through the records, I'm like, Oh, it makes so much more sense. So it's, it's a bunch of videos. And then I ran my first live uh, series on purpose. So I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, we get together as a community over a handful of days and we ask on one topic and we just ask uh, questions related to that. Um, and then I'm going to teach the course, uh, the books in, in courses. Wow. When's the next um, live event that you're going to be doing? Have you, have you scheduled that yet? I haven't. I just finished uh, the this last one um, last week. So, but I think I'm going to do one every month. So okay. if you sign up at the little soul school, uh, it's a school for your soul, right? Like mm. Cal, we went to school for our brain, right? You, anybody who has kids, it's, it's uh, heart centric to be a child, right? And then you go to school and, and we fill up your mind with information. We spend the whole time memorizing, learning. Uh. <laughs> so this is a school for your soul. Like what are the things that I'm an authenticity coach? I was thinking about authenticity for a decade. 
And it really got me thinking, what the fuck am I talking about? What is authentic? What does that even mean? Like point, like we all do this. We point to the center of our chest somewhere. We say here, Mm -hmm. the authentic, there's nothing there. That's just my collarbone. So Mm -hmm. what am I talking about? That's like a rib. We're talking about truth. We're talking about my truth versus your truth, right? What's truth? It's not in my head. I'm not going to point here to authentic. I'm going to point somewhere around here. Well, that's my soul. (laughs) It's like Mm. my essence. That's the the energy of me, however you like to call it, right? So where's the school for that? Right? So that's what the little soul school is all about. Love it. And so I would love to uh, share uh, about, I want to go a little deeper into how you can teach um, people to get into their records. and through my experience, you and I worked together a lot. I did many readings for you. You did many more for me, but taught me how to do it. And that inspired me to ask you to be a part of the two unlearn experience masterminds that I did, which, yeah, which is so cool. So just so everyone knows, I ran uh, a couple of masterminds, two eight week masterminds, and I would have different kind of experts on to teach a group of men some practices that maybe they knew a little bit about or had no experience with. It was certainly, um, (laughs) I don't know that anyone really had any experience with the Akashic records, but I had astrology on there. I had uh, human design and I had, you know, my, my friend Boyd come on to talk about tracking your life. And this did some really some cool stuff, but you would come on and we did a call with the whole group, but we would pair the guys up. And well, I'd love, I'd love for you to kind of explain what the process was like and what it was like for you to be a part of that and maybe what surprised you about it. Well, I mean, (laughs) for everybody listening, like Cal is like, I want to blow their minds. (laughs) Check. (laughs) It was hilarious because this was a bunch of guys that were just opening themselves up and a gram and different things like that were, were something you could Google search. They'd heard about the Akashic records was not. And of course you gave them no insight into what they were walking into. So I worked in, uh, there's 40 men in total, I think through, through the two groups. And mm-hmm. I worked in pairs of two and these guys would walk in and I mean, they're, they're investment bankers, athletes, like accountants, lawyers, not the kind of guys who are typically thinking about Akashic records. And uh, so these two guys would walk in and I'm like, do you know why you're here? They're like, no, no, I'm not really, you know, and they're just sweating. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then I'd say, well, I'm an Akashic record reader. And they think, okay, well, we're going to get that done. And I'm like, and I'm going to teach you how to enter the Akashic realm. And they're like, no, 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 no. And like, they're sweating. Like they're literally sweating. And I'm like, do you believe you can do it? And they're like, no. And I was like, well, you can, I've, everybody who I've ever taught has done it. And, um, they're like, I'm not going to be able to do it. <laughs> Just dripping sweat. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. But the short along is, um, I wanted, to, I don't think of myself as a mystic. I really don't. I'm not an intuitive. I don't walk in rooms and feel the room and people and all that stuff. Anybody that's had an intuitive knowing is already, in my opinion, participated in the record. So I want to debunk this idea that it's like spiritual elitism, you know, that special people can do it. So, um, I proceeded to teach these guys. And so, uh, they'd open each other's records and everybody did it. Um, everybody, and not only did they do it, but they 
which share this. So the records give you a vulnerable soul level truths about each other. And they would start dropping the, this information on each other. And these guys were brought to tears over and over and like, like dude tears. Right. So they're like, oh, dude. <laughs> and these guys, uh, just so everybody knows, they didn't, a lot of these guys didn't know each other. So they would come yeah. in, we've met on zoom, but they're in this, you know, in this space with Laura, like, I don't know, I'm about to give this guy quote unquote coaching advice or whatever. It's so like unsettling. Yeah. And I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to be the guy who can't do it. Ah, yeah, totally. And they all did it and they, they were all so vulnerable and so available. And they really were like, this was transformational. Like they really couldn't believe that quote unquote, they did it. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it was awesome. It was just like the most beautiful thing to participate in. And I think something about it coming from each other instead of from me um, made it even more vulnerable and more real for them. Like, okay, so there's this woman and she can access the Akashic realm. Fine. She told me some truths about my wife. Great. But it's like this dude just told me, you know, a sacred story about my daughter and he doesn't even know me. Right. Like it really hit home for them. It was beautiful. Yeah. It changed the course of, of, of many of these guys' lives, in particular, my buddy Steve, who I believe, I think Josh was reading for him. Not important, but Steve lives in Canada and he was talking about, I think Josh was like, it's beach and the sun da, 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 da. And, and literally, and Steve's not like an impulsive guy at all, but within a month, they had found themselves in Hawaii and then one thing led to another and they bought property in Hawaii. And, and now they're, I mean, Steven is a, one of my best friends and tells me all the time how grateful he is for sure. The whole unlearn experience, but in particular, having you there to guide them through that, it literally changes life because I don't know wh- where we'd be had I not had that reading with Josh, who's never done it before. <laughs> like that's bananas. Oh, fills my heart. He, yeah. is, he is living such an incredible life right now that is, is outside of what so many people in his community are doing. He's saying, you know what? I'm not going to be held down by what's going on now. And he's being very proactive in living a life that is on purpose. And his whole family is kind of along for the ride too. And it's so beautiful to see all the things that are popping for them right now, just because he said yes. I love it. I mean, that's why I'm doing this because what can happen to me? I walked in a room with this girl, you know, almost four years ago and gave her my name and she just started truth bombing me, right? I was going to move to a modern minimalist apartment on the lake. I told like three friends and she's like, I see a modern minimalist apartment on the lake. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, how do you know that? She said, I have a little, she said in the first reading, you have a little book of philosophical wisdom that you want to write. I mean, these books I wrote are very small. They're, you know, they're poetic prose, philosophical wisdom. And when she said it, I knew, I knew I wanted to write them. And I was like, I have no idea I'm going to get there. Who knew that this was the beginning of the opening of that whole story. So I feel like, you know, it changed my life uh, walking into that woman's room. I trusted the information. I kept listening and um, hearing people like Steve, you know, these stories and uh, knowing 
on a personal level, how much of a change it makes, but like, just, you know, that it's not just me, it's happening with everybody. It, it really speaks to your soul. Right. Wouldn't you say it's like, a, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. You get out again, it's like you're the whole, the mind gets out of the way and the way the information lands is so fascinating. You just know it's like, ah, yeah. Right. You know, Kel, what you were talking about earlier, it's called my best friend test. Um, so I would do it with the guys. I would do it. Anybody I've trained, I've trained several hundred people on it, but I say, if Cal was just learning how to go in the Akashic records, I'd say, okay, uh, I am trying to decide if I should, um, do something with a little soul school. And I would ex- give you an example of what I'm talking about. And as my good friend, the best friend test, give me your best advice. Like, and people go inside themselves, they gut check themselves and they give information and it usually feels okay. <laughs> it's not great, but it's yeah. okay. It's not the solution, but it feels all right. And then I have them open the records and I ask them the same question. And what I receive is like a knowing that this is accurate. And then I ask the person in this case, being you, which one felt more truthful, your best friend advice or your records advice? And they're always like, oh yeah records. I am sure that that's true. Right. So that's, what's interesting too, is the person offering the information, you feel so confident about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. It's fascinating too. I just, I just know with my experience, all the, the imagery that, that I would get when I would be in your records that would just kept flowing. And I, and, and the most important thing would be to not try to put a, make sense of it. You're just like, just tell me what's coming up and go with it. What is it? Whatever it feels like. And I just remember thinking all these different images that I'd like literally never thought about. And like a lot of the stuff was around relationship. I never met Jackie, but I, the, the way I was describing different things, just like, Oh my God, that's so <laughs> spot on. <laughs> like I have no fucking idea. Yeah. Yeah. And the metaphors are often, um, handcrafted for the person I was doing a reading and I'm talking about lava cake, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm talking about lava cake for 20 minutes. I mean, oh, so the outside, I mean, it's good. It's good. The outside it's good. But like when you open it, it's gushing on the table and it's like pouring the chocolate's pouring. Like, you know, that oozing chocolate, like that's the good stuff. That's the, and I'm like, that's what means when you open your heart, it's like chocolate lava cake. It's just pouring. And I am just going on and on and on about this lava cake. And then finally I stop and I'm like, does this resonate for you? And she's like, wow. And I go, what? She goes, so lava cake's my favorite thing on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a fear of um, opening my heart. And you just, I mean, I let people on the outside because I kept saying the outside's good, but it's inside the gooey inside everybody wants. She's like, you just took my greatest fear, which is opening up the gooey inside and related it to my favorite thing on the planet. And now I feel better about it. And I was like, so I'd say half of the metaphors are are personal for the people. They're like, that was my childhood. Or I was talking about a, a woman with a heart. I was like, your heart's like this heart with little stick figure legs and big white boots. She, and I'm going on and on and on about this heart. And it's like this little cartoon. She's like drawing and she holds it up and she said this. And I'm like, yeah, she goes, I, I was drawing that my whole childhood. That was my doodle. Right. Like, so the, the, the metaphors are hand chosen (laughs) so then it relates deeper. Right. And people are like, yes, this is true for me. Right. It's really fucking cool. And you have like a thousand examples. I know we talk about it all the time, but you, (laughs) you, you said, finally, you just 
gave up trying to make sense of it. It just is. It just is. It just is. I spend, look, I'm a quote, healthy skeptic, right? Um, my whole life. But um, yeah, I just finally had to drop all the language. Like, cause I would be like, oh my God, this lava cake thing happened. Right. And I would freak out and I would, you know, feel a little bit more excited and more, more willing to maybe uh, start to believe that this is possible. I think I've just decided, like, I don't know what it is. Mm. Who cares? Like it just works. It's just truthful. And why do I need language to support what I have found to just be absolutely truth for people? And it's healing. So who who cares? Who cares? And yeah. are you still, are you doing individual readings for people still? Is that yeah. a, definitely a part of your business? Yeah. So I would love just to, to give some context for people so they can have a, maybe a little understanding we get on a call. Okay. You're going to do a reading for me. You have the key. Da, 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 da. We get into the records, like just, just give them a little kind of baseline for what that experience is. Yeah. Cause like I'd say nine out of 10 people call me and they're like, um, my friend told me I have to call you. I don't even know what you do. Right. And they're totally freaked out. So if you have no idea what this is, uh, you're not alone. It's one of my goals is to like, uh, bring this modality back into the world. It's been around for a long, long time, but Um, it's not that talked about, but you get on a call. Um, I read some sentences. It's called the key to your soul. That's the cell phone. What I was talking about earlier, get your full, uh, legal name. And I, I takes me about a minute. Um, and then you ask a question. I mean, time doesn't work. So don't ask. It's not a, it's not a psychic reading. Don't ask me like in six months, will I get this job? I don't know. You have free will. So you will do exactly what you're going to do. What I can tell you is what's for your highest good uh, to move forward, to heal what's um, blocking. If it's a past life, if it's a childhood trauma, um, energetically, is it your heart? Is it your throat chakra? Is it where's stuff getting stuck Um, down to practical? I mean, you and I worked on your podcast together. Like, I mean, you know. In retreats and the retreat look and yeah, if it's time for you, you'll get what it is time to hear. So you will ask, sorry, you will ask me a question about relationships, children, uh, your job, anything in your life. I'll give you a 15, 20 minute answer. You can then ask uh, more questions. Uh, You can switch topics. You'll get an hour of these soul truths. It can get really practical if it's time, but if it's not time, it you're not going to get that. So people often will say, I think I should do this one thing, start a podcast, say whatever. But in fact, they're not quite ready. They need to um, learn how to speak truth, right? Their voice, like they're still so scared to, to come out in their truth. So it's, they'll get a more of a, here's why uh, energy stuck in your throat. And here's what you can do to start to release that. Or here's where it came from or whatever it is that you might need so that you can have that podcast, right? Because um, the technical part of getting it done isn't usually what hangs people up. It's it's more um, healing uh, that gets in the way. So that's often what you'll get more of. But it's fascinating. You could get three life, you know, 15 lifetimes ago, you, this happened and that's why you're stuck, right? Uh, you had that cool stuff like you were some kind of warrior. Oh yeah, it was like a general <laughs> through all these past lifetimes. And yeah, it was the the the... I think that the main part of it was like, look, you've always led this way and that's worked, but now is the moment where 
you do turn into this, tap into this feminine side, you just allow and you be in a state of acceptance and stop trying to push everything. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You were always uh, in perfect formation. Yeah. (laughs) There was these war scenes with you and you were leading and everybody was in perfect formation and it was life or death though, if it didn't didn't happen. And now it's about flow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's no longer life or death. That was the other thing. It's like, bro, you like, you're good. Like, yeah. Yeah. But that's a big challenge to move from structured like that to, to flow. Right. So that's where you were. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about how people can find you, the offerings, what's, what's available. Yeah. Uh, LauraCo.com um, is my website. The uh, Little Soul School is littlesoul.school. And um, the books are on Amazon. They're on both of the websites. Um, you can sign up for the Little Soul School. It's a subscription model and um, get those videos. And then if you want to learn how to read the Akashic Records, I have a free offering. Um, anybody can do it because I believe everybody can. Uh, that's at the Little Soul School as well. And and then if you sign up, you'll hear about the live events um, and these courses I'm going to be teaching. Awesome. And you're going to relaunch your podcast. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. The Art of Authenticity. Uh, Cal's coming back on. Uh, that's right. Yeah. No, I'm relaunching. And, and you know, I've been talking about the intersection of success and um, authenticity, what it means to live a life that feels successful and authentic on your own terms. And I've been doing that for a couple of years, but or for many years on the podcast, but I kind of want to dive deeper, like really talk to people about, um, I don't know, like, this sort of soulful level stuff a little more, the, the deeper stuff, not just um, here's my 10 steps for success or like this is what authenticity means on a generic sense. I want people to really push into that idea a little bit more. Have you thought about, you know, like, so, so I come on the podcast before I do, like you do a reading, you know, maybe there's something like, Today, you know, Cal wanted to know about my, my guests wanted to know about this in their life and, and almost in, in give the best friend, you know, kind of answer of what you gave and then what the, the readings were. I mean, it might be interesting. Uh, I don't know. I love that. I haven't even thought about it. Are you truth bombing me again? Is this going to be like, uh, perhaps, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would definitely give you a, a completely different angle to do that, but also just really almost, I mean, it's not quite in real time because it happens before. Um, or maybe, maybe you can actually even do the reading I don't know if that's interesting for people. If you would actually do a reading for the guest in real time, you could certainly edit it however you'd want to. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we need to play with this a little bit off off the line here, but I just think it would be super cool because being in the experience many times with you, it still always fucking blows my mind. Wow. Yeah. It's, It's so rich in the wisdom. Right. Right. No, I think what you're saying too, um, debunking the idea that it's just me riffing off, right? That there's the best friend test really shows the shift in the person, right? You kind of see them how they normally are. And then all of a sudden their language, their style, it just shifts ever so slightly, right? And they start speaking a different way. And, um, and just how resonant though, 
the information is. Especially um, like I could imagine you like sharing your best friend advice, which is so good because you've been doing it for so you like you get it. Yeah. People are like, yeah, like she totally nailed that. And then come in with that next layer of the Akashic reading. It's like, oh, oh. whoa. <laughs> wow. I like it. What I love about it too is it actually gives people, I think, a little bit of a mirror. Like, just stop fucking giving people advice because nobody knows. Even if we think we're the greatest coach or whatever, you know, to see how good, again, you know, don't to toot your horn too much, but how great your advice would be from the best friend angle. And then when that deeper wisdom comes in, it's like, oh yeah, we really don't know. We don't know how to articulate it. And I think it's important for people to stop giving people advice. It convolutes everything. Cal, I swear to God, I don't know why anybody wants coaching from me anymore because I mean, look, I thought I was a really good coach. I think people think of me as a resource, but now that I'm in the records, it's so complicated. Um, I mean, if you think about your soul history over however many lives and all the information about you has been stored somewhere. I mean, I found a credit card. I found a wallet, right? That's right. I mean, what does that fucking mean? So my friend called me and was like, hey, I lost my wallet. And I was like, I'm not a party trick. I can't find it. It's like, that's not a thing. And so she's like, please, I'm desperate. So I went and I checked it out. And in this big ball of, uh, of clothing, I saw the wallet stuffed in and it went in this hamper. And she, she went and found it there, right? <laughs> and so then um, Jackie, who I was seeing was... Uh, I lost her credit card a week later and she's like, babe, I lost my credit card. And I'm like, I'm not a party trick. I don't want to do this. Anyways, there's the credit card. It's um, pushed between the the um, glove compartment and the chair. I was like, you got to move the chair. It's really stuffed in there. She takes a photo. It's like, in fact, just dropped right there. Right. But what dawned on me is that that credit card fell out of Jackie's pocket, say, she has no memory of it. So I'm not tapping into your unconscious mind. Oh. Yeah. Right? Yes. So what the fuck? Like everything you're doing is being stored. Everything, right? Including dropping a credit card that you don't even know you dropped. Yeah, we're not talking about just stored by Google and Facebook and those motherfuckers. It's like stored on a different level. <laughs> yeah. I asked once, where is it stored? They said refractoring light beams. I was like, okay, enough for me. I'm I'm good. <laughs> 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 I don't know what you're talking about. So um so if everything is stored over all of your lifetimes, what do you need today, literally, to think about your marriage, to think about your career, to think about your relationships with your kids or you know, whatever it is in your life? As if I could understand your soul's history to that degree, right? Like that's really, really um, so powerful for me to think about. And, and what would heal you today? Not... You know, this is what I think is the problem for friends is we might see the end result that we believe in with our friends. So we're sort of pushing towards this perfected version of them. Like, right, if you could just do this one thing, I mean, I'm so guilty of it. I'm like, oh my God, you have that friend that repeats and repeats the same thing. And you're like, just, just leave the marriage. Just, just do it, you know, but that's not where they are. It's not that simple. It's like they're learning these little lessons as they go, or maybe part of their lesson is staying in its forgiveness and you don't even know that, right? It's not really about them leaving or maybe it's just standing up for themselves is the whole thing. I mean, it's so much more complicated than what I've realized I would say. Yeah. 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 
or they've got some trauma from some past life. I read for a friend who's got a three-year-old kid and he's like tearing his hair out. And this kid was a tribal leader in a past life. <laughs> and he just wants a break the first half of his, his current life. And I was describing and describing this three-year-old and my friend was in tears. This guy, he was just crying the whole time. He's like, you just gave me so much information about my kid. I just completely understand how to parent him now, right? But you think of your child as yours. It's like, no, this soul just came into this little body in this lifetime as your kid, but they've been around a long time. Yeah. 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 So rich with content. So good. So listen, lauraco.com, L-A-U-R-A-C-O-E.com, littlesoulschool.co. Dot, uh, littlesoul.school. Okay. Uh, you'll find that on the other, there's a link to it on your main website yes. in case you can't find it. Reach out to Laura. It has been one of the most, I mean, I've done a lot of things and consistently just gave me what I needed. Maybe not what I wanted, but what I needed. And so, so grateful that you've really stepped into that space and all the lives that you've changed of people that I know. So thank you. Thanks for coming on today. I love supporting you and sharing your gifts. And yeah, thank you. Thank you, Cal. Thanks for having me on. And um, thanks for being a part of the story with me Mm. between showing up a few years ago and bringing me into the men's group and just this participation with you is, is so rich. So I appreciate it. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to thegreatunlearned.com for additional episodes and information regarding events, retreats, and the TGU store. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe and share this with friends who might enjoy our platform. Don't forget to leave that five-star rating and review as it really helps us spread the love and unlearning. You can find me on Instagram at cal.callahan and on YouTube under The Great Unlearn. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn, and we'll talk soon. No, no different, only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned.